Okay, you ready? Armed with supreme physical strength, speed, and agility, athletes run faster, throw harder, jump farther, and have the stamina to last longer. They're also highly competitive, so when a challenge is presented, you better believe the athlete will accept and rise above that challenge. I'm your host, Lou Dondero, and you're listening to The Story. I assume that most of our listeners are athletes or was an athlete at one time in their lives, high school, college, amateur, professional. So you guys, my listeners and audience, you guys get it. You understand the hard work, the behind the scene dedication, literally blood, sweat, and tears that comes with training to be the best you can possibly be. For an athlete, more time is spent in the trenches than on the podium. And there are so many interesting stories out there that are untold by the mainstream media because because all they report is the winning performance of a team on Saturday or Sunday. But what happens on the bus rides to the competitions, the off the field adventures and mischief that athletes get into, the trash talking at shared dinners and celebrations before or even after a competition. Well, today, that is what our story is about. When I interview a guest, the first question that I ask, tell me about a funny or an embarrassing story you or your team experienced while training or even competing. And you would not believe some of the stories I hear. I'm excited to share this story about a feud between the Australian and British track teams. The scene, the ceremonial dinner at the 1986 Commonwealth Games in Edinburgh, Scotland. All is going well until a bread roll soaked in red wine and covered in custard comes flying across the room and hits the table where the British track team is sitting. Thus, the challenge is presented and an international food fight begins. So you may be wondering, a food fight? Really? That is where this podcast episode is going? But before you move to another show and invest 10 minutes of your time with someone else, hear me out. The 1986 Commonwealth Games were shrouded with political controversy and tension that caused the African, Asian, and Caribbean countries to stage a boycott and make the Commonwealth Games appear to be a white-only event. Basically, a political maneuver of giving the middle finger to Margaret Thatcher, the Prime Minister, and creating a financial crisis for the host city of Edinburgh and Scotland. So where did all this madness come from? Well, it all starts with apartheid, which is the Afrikaners word for separateness. Apartheid South Africa enforced the separation of white people from other races. In other words, in 1948, the South African National Party, the government, turned into law that white people had supremacy over all other races and the large black community faced harsh discrimination, losing property rights and complete citizenship of their homeland. They also faced cruel punishments and imprisonment. It was the South African National Party and their stupid apartheid rule of law that arrested and imprisoned Nelson Mandela for 27 years because of his protested demonstrations and resistance against racial segregation. Fast forward to 1986, apartheid South Africa was still in full force despite all the protests and pressure from other nations to disband this craziness. Okay, so Margaret Thatcher was the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom was the biggest foreign investor of South Africa. And although Margaret Thatcher condoned apartheid, she would not impose sanctions on South Africa because it would ultimately hurt the United Kingdom's free trade business with South Africa. 
Because the 1986 Commonwealth Games were held in Edinburgh, Scotland, which was in Margaret Thatcher's backyard, the majority of the Commonwealth nations formed an alliance and staged a boycott so that the games appeared to be a white-only event. Out of 59 invited countries, 32 boycotted the games, which created a financial crisis for Edinburgh, a shortfall of two million pounds to finance the games. Never to miss an opportunity during a crisis, businessman Robert Maxwell shows up and offers to provide two million pounds to save the event and required that he must be appointed chairman of the games. Ironically, and get this, he was nicknamed the White Knight for saving the games by the press. However, it was revealed after the games that Robert Maxwell was a fraud and only invested 250,000 pounds of which was none of his money in the first place, thus leaving the host city of Edinburgh in debt. Now, Australia with its inferiority complex and often being left out by the rest of the world's shenanigans, decided to spice up the Commonwealth Games controversy by starting an international food fight at the gala ceremonial dinner targeting the British track team. We won the gold in, in, in 1986 at the Commonwealth Games. They were in Edinburgh, um, so they were kind of a home games for us. And we were staying at a university halls of residence. And one of our biggest rivals in the Commonwealth Games was always the Australians. Okay, to, to help us recount this story, we have Derek Redman, two-time Olympic sprinter and world champion. He was at the scene when the first shot was fired and witnessed his close friends get brutally ambushed with <sighs> Vegemite by the Australians. Red wine soaked, bread rolls had sort of come our way from the Australian table and a few bits of leftover food and goodness knows what had, had head, headed our way. And, and that was almost like the challenge. That was like, okay, you guys want some. So a few things went back, but then the real stuff started after. So after the, after the dinner, we'd all finished the dinner, we were wandering around. And then all of a sudden, Chris, and one other, I think it was a guy called Phil Brown, it could have been Todd Bennett, were basically ambushed by the Aussies. So they got, it was just those two on their own and they were walking back to their apartment or whatever and they got ambushed. So they came and find us and poor Chris and, and Phil, I think it was, were just covered in yogurt, all sorts of food, you know, and we had decent outfits on because we'd just come back from a gala dinner. So um, Chris, big grin on his face, quick smile. We've got to get them Aussies. We've got to get them back. We've got to go and get them. We've got to find them. So we said, right, game on. So we got the whole relay squad, some hurdlers, the sprinters, a shot put thrower, basically a posse of British athletes turned into determined and ruthless food fighters armed with remnants of the gala dinner. Everything that you could find in the dining hall. So we went and got the bread rolls soaked in wine. We got yogurts. We got custards desserts, anything that could make a mess, we loaded ourselves up with. And we went running across the uh, the courtyard looking for these guys. And um, we caught up with a couple of them, absolutely. Covered them in food. You know, with the first part of the operation completed, the Brits continued to sweep the resident hall for more Aussies. Then they, they caught sight of a few slipping away into the lift or sometimes called the elevator. Then they've gone, they've gone into the lift and they had a lift that took them to the block that they were sleeping in. So they went into the lift, the lift doors closed and... The Australians take the elevator to the top floors, escaping or just delaying the inevitable. Uh, they press whatever button. So we're, we've run up to the lift doors, we're pressing the buttons, pressing the buttons and we've hidden uh, out of the way. So we said, as soon as those lift doors open, because we knew they were gonna come back down, and as soon as the lift doors open, 
we were just gonna pelt them and give them everything we had. So the British push the down button of the elevator and it begins to descend. The Australians are trapped at this point and unknown to them, about to become the receiving end of a firing squad of half-eaten and unused food. We all hid behind fake trees, pillars, you name it, everything we could find to sort of hide ourselves. And as the lift came down, the doors open. And someone screams, now! And we just pelted in this lift. Well, with everything that we had, we gave it absolutely everything. Only to hear the commissioner of the Commonwealth Games Association shout and say, what the hell is going on? And he was the person that was in the lift and he got absolutely, absolutely hammered. And lucky enough for us, because he was sort of covering his face and trying to shield himself from all the food, we we did what we do best, and that was run. And we all just absolutely legged it out of the way. Um, and he got absolutely covered. And then um, I remember the following day. The whole the whole British Commonwealth team was required to attend a meeting, a, a reprimanding of sorts. And he came in. The chairman, the guy who was pelted with food on the elevator. And just gave a massive dressing down to everybody because he didn't know who it was. So he basically called the whole team in and just said, you know, um, we wasn't, you know, what a thing to do, not representing um, the, the English team that well and this and that. And if I ever find out who they are, they'll never compete for their country again and this and that. And we just sort of sat in the quiet in the background with our heads bowed down, looking at our shoes, just wouldn't dare look at each other. So, yeah, we managed to get away with it. But, um, yeah, so we had to, we did get the Aussies back after that um, because they gave us a bit of a hard time. Okay, so you remember in the Halfway through the story, we talked about Robert Maxwell, the self-proclaimed hero, the white knight that swindled the 1986 Commonwealth Games and left Edinburgh, Scotland in financial debt. Well, he was the self-imposed commissioner and chairman of the Commonwealth Games. So I did try to reach out to him, but he was assassinated or um, drowned after falling off his yacht in 1991. So I was not able to confirm if it was actually him in the elevator. Just as well, Israel and a few other countries are also looking for answers to his espionage and some war crimes. So you should look him up. A very fascinating character. Anyways, this episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Lou Dondero. A special thanks to my friend Derek Redman for sharing his amazing athletic stories with me. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review.